Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? about 15 minutes left, so uh, Sean is a local businessman who's been interested in hemp for many years and uh, has, has his own company here. Thank you, everybody. So we live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, the number one non-irrigated farming area in the whole United States with Hempfield Township. And we had a big abolitionist movement during the Civil War time, and I kind of feel like one of those guys. I'm an abolitionist. My company goal has always been to repeal the restrictions prohibiting farmers from growing cannabis hemp, not create more laws. I love Sean High's last name, you're, you're a council lawyer. Uh, I highly recommend reading Frederick Bastiat's The Law of 1850, because definitely the law has been used to pervert uh, us growing hemp cannabis. And it's all based on racism. We have this word marijuana, which was never used. I'm, I collect a lot of historical stuff. I used to be up at Adamstown as a little boy. My parents had an antique place. So when I saw a guy's uh, t-shirt at a concert down the spectrum that said hemp paper and canvas and ships and blah, 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 I was like, wow. And then the new billion dollar crop, I'm like, wow, I mean, there's money. Um, but this issue with marijuana, and I graduated in 1982. I'm familiar with cannabis. Pretty much everybody is. But this was all based on racism. You know, and instead of empowering the farmers, we were looking at monopolies back in the day. Single source for oil versus chemergy. And chemergy was what the farmers were trying to do with Henry Ford. Empower your farmers. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea of what I've been doing since the early 1990s and kind of wrap it up on my observations with the CBD confusion and everything else. And the bottom line is basically to continue to put pressure on your representatives. I had met with Senator Fulmer in 2005 um, and Sam Rohr when he was a senator back in the day. And we've been planting seeds, like I say, for years. And 20 years later, they've taken root. And common sense is kind of coming into Pennsylvania. I love what Josh was doing up there at his farm. I got to see that. I was very privileged to be invited up there. And um, my company started in the early 90s. Like I said, I had sold this guy's t-shirt, and I started uh, repping companies like Carol Miller, Hemp Essentials out in California. She was doing lip balm, and I was selling lip balm here locally to stores. And uh, Donnie Wurstacker from the Ohio Hemp Breed had a big outfit going on. I used to sell his lotions and soaps, and he's the lawyer that's been working with GW Pharmaceuticals, and their big issue was the delivery system. A patent delivery system, then you control this. And again, I don't like that. I ran for Congress in 2016 against Lloyd Smucker. Part of my platform was the recognizing the individual's right to grow cannabis hemp. Because the interstate commerce clause may, you know, Congress may say we have the ability to regulate everything, 
But once the local counties and the cities are starting to give licenses and permits, they recognize that cannabis has value. Now they need to recognize that the individual has the right to do that. Because a little old lady in Columbia, or the retired vet, they're not going to really benefit from these $60 $80 tinctures and $200 tinctures. And I'm a whole plant person. I'm not really an isolated person. So we'll, we'll address that a little bit later. Um, so anyways, in I was house brand hemp products and I was selling to stores and businesses with my other full-time job. And I set up in 1997 at Acres USA at the host farm as a Pennsylvania Hemp Industries Information Association. And I was showing soaps and lotions and talking about car parts and everything else. Ralph Amato from No Problem Inc., they were the fellows that were doing custom-made uh, hemp outfits. They had the Mennonites, the Amish, sewing them. They were doing customized uh, stuff in New Holland, Pennsylvania. They actually made uh, shoelaces with an Allentown facility in probably 1997. But the thing was food. And they started making a pretzel using that seed meal that Josh was talking about. And right now, I sell that seed meal to a couple of breweries that have been making a hemp and ale for the last 10 years here in Lancaster County. Um, so anyways, uh, Ralph Amato comes down and says, hey, I saw you in the newspaper. And by the way, I have two folders over there, two binders. Because after 20 years, I was like, I better start getting my information in order. I've been doing this so long that it, it, there's a story to it and how we got from there to here. And you're more than welcome to look at those. It's a blue, uh, red binder and a white binder from the beginning to the end. All the products we're making, all the newspaper articles in time, and the Lancaster paper and all that good stuff. The other big uh, white binder, I again collect anything historical. I have a lot of U.S. Department of Agriculture yearbooks, and so I have those all photocopied. Again, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, and I appreciate what Penn State's doing here and all the farmers because we we've been kept like mushrooms. You know, regarding cannabis. The rest of the world understands cannabis. Here, we're like, am I gonna eat this and get high? I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. Again, this is 20 years, so you have to forgive me for being a little brash. Uh, I might come across a little bit just strong because we've just been going through circles, again, with lawyers and politicians. Hemp is marijuana, hemp is not marijuana. Cannabis is medicine. And I have Helen, Pennsylvania, I have cough syrup from Helen, Pennsylvania, full bottle with the bottle. Uh, with the box, and cannabis was used as the expectorant. They didn't say marijuana. I have it from Norristown, Pennsylvania, and again, this is 1920s, uh, 1890s, and it, it, it's a corn tincture. It says cannabis. It never said marijuana. And then when you look at the 1918 Department of Agriculture yearbooks, and they talk about hemp herbs being made for paper, and this is our government. This is research that's already been done. They never said marijuana. Okay, so again, this circle going back and forth is just frustrating on my part. But Ralph came down and said, hey, my name's Ralph Amato, I make pretzels. And I'm like, ah, oh, food. You know, I'm a guy, how many hemp jeans do you buy? I mean, I might buy one pair of jeans once every three or four years. You know, a shirt or something like that. Now again, we didn't know about hemp concrete. We didn't know about the graphene used for batteries and everything else. But at that time, and as I've been told from others in Romania, the fabric, the fiber process is very complicated, very scientific. Uh, it's all based on the rain and, and harvesting and, and your colors and stuff like that. But certainly the seed is a lot uh, easier to harvest, as Erica has pointed out. And, and that's what we all need. Uh, women, you need the seed. It's 50% iron. I didn't even think about it. When I've been selling seed, I've been like, protein. 
you know, omega-3, essential fatty acids, these key buzzwords that everybody now in their 50s is looking to get healthier, and they're like, oh, I gotta eat this. And the relation is similar to flax. Uh, it's just, hemp is a, a digestible Edison protein, has three times more vitamin E, it tastes good, you don't have to mill it. And we have samples of the seed over there. So Ralph Lamato and those guys were doing hempsel pretzels, and they were doing a sourdough pretzel with a small bakery in Hanover, Pennsylvania, Ravona, it's Hanover spelled backwards. And um, I was like, wow, this is great. And this was 1997, and I started working with him and started marketing him. Well, lo and behold, um, we did a hemp project in 1998 at Yoder's restaurant. I had Robert Rex, who was a fiber specialist with Crane Company that makes the dollar bills, because our dollar bills used to be made with hemp. And he was studying the paper aspects of it. He had come down to speak to about 100 uh, attendees. And at that time, he was really down on hemp. And he couldn't answer the farmer's question. So the following year, 1999, at Yoder's restaurant, we had another event, and I bought um, the CEO from Kenix, the largest hemp processor in North America down, and John Howell, who was part of Hemp Inc. up in New York, and he came down and sp spoke to our farmers, which was great, because he could answer the questions. And at that time, I had already purchased the business from Ralph Amato, because the DEA was starting to ban hemp foods from 2000 to 2004, so the money I had invested was already going down the train, we were having a hard time marketing the product. We couldn't use a hemp leaf because everybody was like worried that they were gonna get high. Um, but again, we bought the company from Ralph in 2000. Um, and I ended up working with other manufacturers and we started doing a soft pretzel and we do a mustard and then it just kept developing. And eventually I started marketing the seed and one of my former business partners was like, why are you selling seed? I'm like, people aren't eating pretzels as much. The wheat issue, the gluten, and our sourdough are hard. And it's a niche market when it comes to marketing your product. I mean, that's just marketing. Where's your product going? Again, it's a great product. Our sourdough in 1999 got second place in a blind taste test of 30 pretzels by Food Distribution Magazine in 1999 uh, out of Boca Raton, Florida. But we had switched the formula. We had gone from seed meal that they were using originally to the hemp hearts. And we, we found out that the hemp hearts, if you see in all the grocery stores, at the Hemp Industries Association Conference through Richard Rose, and I'm looking at a friend here, Paul Chang, that I met in 1998 in California at the Hemp Industries Association, and he's back here 20 years later. So it's really cool. I've seen a lot of friendly faces. That same time at Acres USA, I met Les Stark. Les came down. It's like, hey, you know, it's like, oh, this is great. And this is where the journey began. And obviously, I'm not in control. I've just kind of backed off from a lot of it because I'm underfinanced. This was my own funds that went into this. We did the Hemp Project in 1998. So we're trying to convince Peckway Township to let us have a big tent and wagon and all that good stuff. And they just said, you're going to have a pot of that, blah, 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 blah. Thank God the Conestoga Township supervisors, Tom Grassle and them, came down and supported us. So I've covered their Conestoga wagon twice with Hemp Canvas as thanking them for coming down to support us because this event would have never got off the ground uh, that way. So I want to thank Erica, everybody that's come up and is, is doing their own thing uh, regarding hemp. And that's why I'm starting to get my uh, information together because it is a long story. Um, yeah, 911 happened. 
You know, and here I bought this company, I'm driving to Hanover, and I'm here in Howard Stern, and the plane's going, and I'm crying, I'm thinking, who the heck's going to be buying pretzels, you know, after this? But the government was trying to ban hemp foods from 2000, 2004, right in the front of the Lancaster newspaper. Hemp foods be banned! And we're like, oh my god, the DEA is requesting us to return all our hemp seed. We didn't do it. I'm a rebel. <laughs> like I said at the beginning. So we were like, you know, we're not doing the hemp seed back. And we, and we didn't. And we were supplying, uh, we petitioned the government. Uh, and what the DEA was trying to do was put in the federal registry, instead of going through Congress, that any hemp food, any THC in any hemp food is illegal. We can't do that. You don't create laws by putting the federal registry, well, that's how we do it, you're supposed to go through Congress. And, and it was just silly, but ultimately the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against the DEA, they did not take it to the Supreme Court, and hemp foods were again, once again, illegal. Um, but again, Ralph had backed out, he had already spent 25 or $30,000, and we didn't really do much. I worked with Anderson Pretzels, that's one of the largest pretzel manufacturers in the United States. We did a peanut butter filled hemp pretzel nugget with no high fructose corn syrup, uh, no yeast in it, which for some of the ladies like that. It was phenomenal. But that was a thing where these companies were working. Ravona was doing 100 pound batches. Anderson Pretzel wanted to do 5,000 pound batches. And their minimum run was 18,000 pounds, which is like 42 pallets of pretzels. And as a small guy doing this all by myself, I have no employees. I just work with the bakeries and do the marketing and stuff. I just couldn't do it. And I'm glad I stopped because that's when the peanut scare happened. And those people down in Georgia were selling tainted peanuts. And lo and behold, I would have spent $30,000 and I would have been able to sell the product. And then I would have been gone. Uh, it's unbelievable but I'm actually still here to be able to say that thank you for coming out and thank you for being a customer and everything else. Our soft pretzel is our winner. So the soft pretzel is a Lancaster County uh, traditional recipe, but we fortify it with hemp seed, hemp flour, and hemp oil. It gets 13 grams of protein per pretzel. It beats Annie Ann's, it beats New York, it beats a Philly soft pretzel. It's a heartier grain. And hemp flour is gluten-free, as Josh pointed out and others know, and we've done a gluten-free hemp pretzel. But the issue is I own my own bakery. So people get bought and sold, and they want to work with you and don't. So it's just been up and down this way but, but we survive. My mustard is another manufacturer. It's in all Wegmans grocery stores. Um, I sell it, I ship it. It's an apple cider vinegar base with horseradish hemp and honey. And here again, I try to work within the system, whoever I'm working with. I can't really demand anything because I'm just bringing the raw materials, bringing the material, here you go. If you can make it, slot it, let's do it. And then I try to sell it. Um, but this thing with CBDs, I mean, people ask me, I've been up at the Pennsylvania Farm Show for 13 years talking about hemp, talking about hemp. Less is hell. Erica's been there, our state representatives have been filming in our booth, you know, looking at everything that we bring up. The first year in 2005, we got one of Less's hemp millstones, which was a trip. The following year, I brought up a big ship with sailing. We always wanted to keep it fresh and not just show the same old stuff. Concrete one year. And again, I was like, that's where the money is in hemp concrete. You know, we should be growing fiber and selling to high industries uh, that way. But that's part of what my company does. In, in 2005, I incorporated it as Lancaster Trading House. And Hensel's is a brand. I have a federal trademark on it. We've been doing that since 1998. Uh, not really a secret recipe, but kind of. 
and hemp plus pretzels, and that's where we came up with Hemsels. And so I worked with a few different manufacturers in the area. Natalie's Choice was another brand because hemp was, Hemsels have been so associated with the marijuana movement. And again, I don't really care. You know, I'm a libertarian. You do what you want to do in your own room or whatever, that's fine by me. But Natalie's Choice was kind of a woman's perspective. And we were doing a baklava, which was phenomenal. It was a Greek recipe, and we substituted the pecans and pistachios for the hemp seed. And I did it vegan, and I did it uh, regular. So we were doing earth-balanced soy spread, organic filo dough, phenomenal. But here again, just expensive. And then that bakery ultimately said, we just don't want to make your stuff. And I was like, great. You know, so that was another company that we worked with. Um, but the Natalie's, we also, I'm starting to do a nut butter. I grew up on peanut butter and jelly. And um, so initially the, Can the Canadians were saying, well, can you do a nut butter from the whole seed? Because I know what the Canadians have been doing with their the hemp hearts, Manitoba Harvest, all these other guys. I used to rep their companies in like 1999. Um, but what we've been doing now is taking the raw hemp hearts and blending that into a nut butter and also blending it with peanut butter. And that's thanks to Richard Rose who originally had his product that way, but he no longer makes it. And for me, that's a good transition. Peanut butter and raw hemp, little bit of coconut sugar, a little bit of sea salt, and then you could go into the whole hemp. So um, the new things that are happening, I'm gonna have a booth at the York uh, Fairgrounds, and we're gonna be doing our gluten-free pretzels and nuggets, and our mustard and garlic jams and hot pepper jams, and then we're gonna be doing panini grilled sandwiches, where we're taking gluten-free bread or regular bread, coconut oil on either side, our peanut butter and our, our hemp and grilling them. And it's been going over really well. Um, so, I mean, that's another thing. Plus, I'm getting a concession trailer uh, to Porky's Place in Helen, Pennsylvania. And it'll be better than going out in a tent and set up that way. So, there's probably a lot more I haven't covered. Um, you know, and that way, I mean, it's probably way past 8 o'clock. Uh, there's, yeah, it's 8 o'clock now. Is there any questions specifically on what I've done? Well, Hemsels.com is the one. I'm trying to do my own website stuff, so Hemsels has had the most attention. Natalie's Choice. You're going to see LancasterTradinghouse.com dealing specifically with, with the wholesale and the fiber and the processing um, that way. And my number is one 800 so you know I've been doing this for a while, we have an 800 number, it spells hemp. The Canadians I deal with have 1-800-BUY-HEMP. So um, I'm also looking for investment money, but I don't want to go on Shark Tank. To me, it's not about the paper. You know, this is a vision to make sure this happens. I don't want to be that guy that had the water engine that GM buys and puts on the shelf, you know, type of deal. I want this to happen. I want the world to be a better place. Hemp can do that. Uh, we don't have to force it on anybody. It has to be a choice that way. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Right. Um, I have one quick question. So you currently use Canadian sources, right? If you were using local sources, what what would the meal be? What, what would be your criteria, I guess? Do you, have, do you know what that would be? Well, jo Josh was, um, I got seed meal from Josh, which, which was great. And I ended up getting that to one of the breweries, and we want the flour and stuff. To me, it's not as important in the sense of organic. Um, I'm ready, I'm as good with conventional hemp seed because the pesticides they use are very little to none, and it's a cost issue. I mean, the Canadians in the past had problems with their organic 
seed. And I couldn't get organic seed when we were marketing that way. So I don't want to live and die that way. But um, it's, it's got to be processed right. You know, it's got to have all the specs. When I get my stuff from Canada, they say salmonella, you know, E. coli, you know, all those things that you go through, it, it's already done. I definitely look forward to working with any of the farmers. We'll never stop working with the Canadians, especially if we go national. Talking to Coach Freddie, he's telling me about working in a bakery where they're using 100,000 pounds of, of flour every three days. You know, that's a, two railroad cars and a, a truck, and ultimately we need to be there. Uh, the small bakeries that I work with can, can do that and the mustard and stuff, but uh, I, I look forward to working with you. Just got to be price competitive and we definitely want to not control, like an Archer Daniel Midland thing, from the seed to the loom, from the seed to the, you know, to the people that way. And I'm definitely interested in raw seed. You know, I sell the health food stores and, and everybody wants to sprout their own, you know, and you should be able to eat that seed. So keep the pressure on your politicians. Don't let them tell you. I, I'm all for abolishing the DEA. I don't think they serve a, a, a purpose. I would question the FDA on what they're doing too. Because again, when you look at what the US Department of Agriculture has already presented us with all that research, and you can go back and look at that book. I have it from 1921, 1927. And I have about drug crops. When they grew cannabis for medicine and it sold for 30 cents a pound. You know, at that time. So the government knows the difference. Just because the kids today don't know the difference, don't let them push you, the landowners, the farmers, the citizens, around. Don't be intimidated, is what I'm saying. Common sense can come from Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay, I guess.